Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from the garden spot of the Sunshine State, Fullerton, California, home of Orco Expo 2019. This is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 201. Tom was not here. <laughs> Scott was there, but this is the only time you'll hear my voice. This is Cash, and you'll see hear my voice uh, quite often. And this is Mark, and I was with Cash only once. <laughs> this weekend, we were at the Orco Expo Stamp Show. Well, some of us were. So let's see what the industry insiders had to say. Okay, I'm here with Mark Easter, and he's going to give us a five-minute market report for stamps. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Orco 2019. So we start off the new year with a jump in the U.S. stamp market. Sales are brisk, prices are steady, and the demand is high. What are people asking for? People are asking for anywhere from a graded U.S. stamp with a PSE cert. Anything like, you know, 90 and above is very popular. Um, a lot of topical items such as the modern day magic sheets that were found in the Columbus, Ohio stamp show with the missing die cuts. You just showed me one. Yes. How much was that one? So that one was a thousand dollars and is only 30, maybe 41 known. One dealer had 30, we had 10, our 10 are all gone and his 30 are going fast. So I would suggest you purchase one ASAP before they're all gone. And uh, what's nice about it, it appeals to many collectors, not just error collectors. So if you collect Sylvanair sheets, you're into magic, it has a great theme, it's a 3D hologram stamp, and they'll be gone before you know it. So try to locate one quickly, otherwise, who knows when you'll find one available. How about yeah. the dragon? Did you ever deal with any of the dragon sheets? Yes, so the dragon sheets were also found at the Columbus, Ohio mm -hmm. stamp show, APS show. And those, I, I believe, again, there were around 50 to 75 sheets discovered. I purchased two of them. Actually, I sold one to a collector and before I could sell the other one, I put the sheet for sale in the Harmachau stamp auction that's going on today oh so we have we'll find out a little later today what it's sold for yeah, yeah yeah any last minute things uh give give yourself a plug oh you're, so you're, mark is going to be very easy going here he's actually one of the largest sellers of stamps in the united states he's not going to say that go ahead so this is mark easter speaking for marcus stamp company we run an ad full page ad and lens I think it's page seven or nine for the last 10 or 15 years. Um, we support the American Stamp Dealer and Collector magazine, the APS magazine, and of course, Lynn Stamp News. And um, if you guys, anyone has any collections to sell, US, worldwide, 
silver coins, gold coins, currency. We buy it all. Baseball cards, comic books. And just reach out to us. We're, we're in New York. And uh, you could always call out 800, our 800 number, which is 1-800-470-7708. We will travel for large collections. Um, you can ship the collection. You can send us an email. Send us scans of the collection. We could communicate over online. And you can always ship the collection for a review and an offer. And we'll pay immediately, 24 hours. We'll, we'll send a check out. Great. Well, thank you very much. Anything uh, else you want to add? And thank you. And happy hunting for those stamps. Yep. And there you go. Yeah, with people finding, uh, I mean, literally finding $1,000 items, you got to look. Happens every day. Yep. All you have to do is handle a lot of stamps and search through, through everything you have. And you never know, you can find a John Paul Jones Perf 12 stamp or a 594 US stamp, which are hard to detect in piles of thousands. So just keep looking, you will find. We find stamps every week, we find something unusual. Okay, so who are you and why are you important? I'm definitely, I'm definitely not important. <laughs> <laughs> You're the largest stamp dealer in the country. You're important. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Bobby Prager with Gary Posner Incorporated, and I'm in the business for about maybe 40 years, and still loving it. So, so why don't you give us like your five-minute market update? What do, where, where do you see the market, and where do you see? you know, the value in it. What are people looking for? I think people are still looking to collect stamps for the fun of it, for the enjoyment. Um, what I think is more, I guess, popular are older stamps that are very well scented, um, in great condition, and the marketplace is kind of leaning towards that right now. So it's very strong, actually. So is that what uh, you're basically seeing people asking you for? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No question about it. So what are the strongest areas? Um, early commemoratives, early regular issues, you know. Um, but they've always been popular, but now more so than ever, I think, in, in high condition. High How, the uh, Washington Franklins have always been difficult for collectors. Right. Do you see any market in there that is it increasing, decreasing, I, or are I people think, avoiding it? Or? I think people now, it's interesting, are now going into Washington Franklins because most of them collected the commemoratives already, completed it, and if they still have the passion for the hobby, the next step is Washington Franklin heads. And I think they're also learning about them. Um, yeah, I think it's becoming more popular. Again, in high condition, high quality. Anything else? I, I saw Gary right next to you. You want to say hi, Gary, real quick? Hi, folks. Hi, Philatelist. He was just looking at some... stamp collectors, if you don't know. <laughs> I wasn't being dirty or naughty. Actually, we had a thing on that where uh, we were speaking with a couple people, and they go, it's a flat, fully, and I go, just say stamp collector. Stamp collector. <laughs> <laughs> you can get you in trouble, another word, I think. <laughs> well, he was just looking at some duck stamps. How do you feel about the duck stamp market in um, the back again, of the market? If it's not high quality, it's a very soft market right now. 
high quality meaning never hinged, pristine, well centered. Um, early ducks are again in high grades, very popular, but tough to find. So hence you got supply and demand. So you know supply is low, demand is high, makes a good market, make a strong market. Yeah. Well, how can people uh, get in touch with you or whatever? Well, we have a website, which is GaryPosnerInc.com, and I have an email address, which is GaryPosnerInc at AOL.com, and a toll-free number, <laughs> call me anytime, is 800-323-4279, and my cell, in case there's a stamp emergency out there, you can call me also anytime. <laughs> a stamp emergency. <laughs> stamp emergency. <yes>. <laughs> you never know. Is <laughs> 917-538-8133. Any questions at all, just call me. Plus... Any philatelic magazine in the United States, you probably have an ad inside of it. Pretty much, office. we also have the um, we have a, an, an ad in PSC in Grading Matters, the, the SMQ, um, and also in Linz and in Scott Catalog, and now we just took out a full page in Brooklyn Catalog, um, APS. Yeah, we pretty much. Hopefully, people won't get sick of us. <laughs> but they do say they like our ads, so that's good. You do have good ads. We try. We try. We want to keep it uh, kind of um, diversified, you know. We have a stand for 500, stand for 50,000, so, you know. Well, that's one of the things that I've always noticed about your ads versus anybody else's is you will actually show the stamps that you have for sale and actually give the prices on it. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people say call in it, but you know what? I want to put a price in, and, you know, if people also call on something... I have usually some flexibility, you know, it, it, all I can say is I, I advertise prices I'd like to get for it, but I'm open to, listen, if someone gives me an offer on something, it's reasonable, I most likely will do business, you know, I don't want to leave this world with all this inventory, I want to oh, yeah. <laughs> find happy homes for my stamps. There you go. <laughs> That's a good question. You are a major stamp dealer. What's a negotiating tip that you can give to our listeners, something that will help them to buy stuff. I, I think, you know, as far as there's catalog value and the S&Q, of course, you have a, what's called the suggested retail price. And they just have to understand that, you know, as a dealer, we have to make a profit. Um, so my philosophy is if I can make a, a reasonable profit, I'll sell a stamp to someone. So if you see something at a certain price, there's usually some flexibility. But again, the price that someone should retail it at or list it at should be a reasonable price right up front. That's what my philosophy yeah. is. With, and you have a little room, a little bit. But, you know, again, it depends on what the stamp is, um, popularity of the stamp, the, the supply and demand of the stamp. Some stamps sell for a bigger percentage of SMQ. I've also priced things at higher than SMQ because sometimes the catalog value might not reflect the true worth of a stamp because it doesn't trade much. Right. So again, you also have to trust the dealer, whether it's me or anybody else that you work with. And uh, understand, you know, my, my philosophy is I'd rather, you know, sell you a stamp and make you happy, and we both have a relationship after that. I like a long-term relationships. That's, that's always been our, you know, philosophy for the most part, really. Well, thank you very much. Gary, you want to say goodbye? Bye, folks, and uh, see us at the next stamp show. <laughs>
Okay, so who the hell are you and why are you important? My name is Stanley Piller. I've been doing this for over 50 years. One of the original Nassau Street dealers. No, I never had an office on Nassau Street. My oh. cousin had an office on Nassau Street, and I was making packets for him in the late 40s, early 50s. On Nassau Street? No, in my where we lived. Did you ever do anything on Nassau Street? Yeah, I used to buy from uh, dealers there. Okay, so you are a Nassau Street dealer. No, I'm not a dealer. I was a cl no, I, I don't know what I was. <laughs> I was running around buying and selling stamps. What were you... You were talking about uh, doing uh, packets 40 years ago. 40? What are or, you talking about? 50, 60 years 60 ago. Years ago. Over 60 years ago. How was packets different then than they are today? I have no idea. All I remember is sitting on my uh, the floor of our living room and couch and taking making piles of stamps and putting them into glassines and then my father gave them back to my cousin. Interesting. interesting. My, my cousin was in, it was interesting. My cousin never would do business with me because even though he was three four years younger than my my father, who was his uncle, he was afraid I would make a bad deal and complain to his uncle. <laughs> so he wouldn't, he would deal with all the other dealers I know, Aubrey Bartlett, and David Felder and everything. And he dealt in areas that I was interested in, Hawaii, Canal Zone, etc. But he wouldn't sell to me. <laughs> And I, I once had to beg him to sell me something, and I promised him I wouldn't complain about it. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So, let's see, uh, what are you selling? What, where do you see the market? What are you Market's buying? Very, what are, what are market, people asking for? Things like that. Market is very changed today. Uh, I basically specialize in classic U.S. stamps and covers, Hawaii Confederate stamps and covers, postal history, and although, although I do stock uh, everything, more or less, the market is changing. In the past, uh, you used to be able to sell somebody quantities of some of the inexpensive 1851, 57, or 1861 stamps. Today, you see very few people buying quantities. More people are looking for like just the one stamp for their collection? Uh, not so much that. Uh, they're looking for graded copies sometimes. Uh, some, uh, and they're, if they're collecting, for example, uh, fancy cancels, they're looking for the cancel that they need. And then they'll buy, regardless of whether it's on a three cent sixty one or a different denomination. But uh, those are far and few. What kind of like, cancels are people looking for? Are depends. we talking like foreign mail cancels, or are no, we talking about no, no, like no, no. Fa fancy geometrics, fancy cancels, oh, okay. illustrated cancels, uh, anything that's considered a fancy cancel, like the Waterburys and stuff. The waterberries are partially some of them. Well, I think there. There are people who collect waterberries. 
but that's not what I'm referring to. <laughs> so it's, it's getting to be more difficult. More, let's say the the hoarder aspect. Uh, they're very. Uh, you're seeing fewer and fewer people buying quantities. I used to sell quantities of the three cent fifty one to people who were plating. Yep. Today. If you run into a plater, he's only interested in what he needs. He's not interested in buying a quantity and playing with them. Yeah, I remember you sold me a big batch of number 26s. Yeah. Uh, all from plate 15. Right. Which uh, I loved. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's not that there aren't people out there. They're far and few and you don't see them that readily. Yeah. And the people who are plating, you don't see them as readily as you used to. So it literally depends on, you know, that, that's one area. And what eBay. What happened to all the platers? Or, you know, are they. They died. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Or, or they got a bad back. Just think about this. For people Leaning 50 over. and over, what? Is the what kills them the most? Heart disease, I think, is the number. Wrong. Old age. <laughs> People 50 and older. Yeah. Old age. Below but, that, only middle age kills you. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but if you think since, about since it, you're, since you're talking into the microphone, you may as well tell people who you are. Hi, I'm Steve. You've, you've, been, you've been on the podcast before. At and, least once. At least once. We'll have to look it up to figure it out. <laughs> we talked about uh, Zizix. Yes. Yes, we did. So other than uh, the change from, let's say, the people who collect a lot of a single thing, what do you see people, they're, they're filling in... Like, what they need. So, like, a person wants a set of Colombians and then the transmission. Yeah, right. The people are collecting those. I mean, the, the, the basic type and way people collect hasn't really changed. However, the method of selling is changing. Yeah, you, you sell stuff at, at stamp shows, but I find more and more stuff being sold over the Internet. Uh, the problem with selling over the internet is, for the most part, people can't see what they're buying. And they are, for the most part, uninformed. There are people that just figure this is what they're going to do, and they don't learn how to collect. They don't learn anything about the stamps. And they rely upon, oh, certificates. And they don't understand. Even if a stamp has a certificate, you still have to, you know, still have to know what you're doing. Yep. Eye appeal is important. Sometimes people think eye appeal is very, very important, but you got to take into account rarity too. Yep. There's so many factors that go in that you learn this when you're at a stamp show, just talking to the dealers, just talking to the collectors, and in general, when you do this over the internet, Internet doesn't teach anyone anything. Well, they, no, it really doesn't. It, but I they do look agree at with you. things when you when you are face to face with a person, you say, 
this cover has this stamp on it, and then the dealer tells you, well, this is why. This, this is worth, it's important. You don't get, you don't that. get yeah. that over the internet. You don't get that when you Google. Sometimes you Google something and you get answers to the question that you don't even want. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Because you're not asking the right exact thing. Well, that's what we try to do on the podcast, and that's why we've had you on as often as we have, and we'd have you on more if we could, because you are so knowledgeable that, you know, everybody appreciates what you share. Well, I remember when I first started out, there were dealers who absolutely refused to give any advice to anything. Oh, I've seen, I've seen them like that. Yeah. And why? Because they're stupid. Well, I, they don't want other people to like find the, the deal that yeah, they would get or yeah, right. make the fine. Yeah, you know something I have found over the years that it really makes no difference. They're gonna find whatever you're gonna find, and even with your knowledge, it's more than just the knowledge. You have to understand what you're looking at. Yep. I have gone to major auctions and bought things out of there that I know what they are. Even the auction house doesn't know. No, oh, yeah. And why? Because I've been in this long enough. Well, we, we have said before. Knowledge is very important, but the experience is far more important. And just having knowledge and reading it in a book doesn't tell you a lot of times things. Yep, I have to agree with you. Now we talk a lot about how um, it's not that difficult to know more than the dealer about the stuff you specialize in. Well, knowing this, specializing, you probably do know more than the dealer. But that's not the point. The difference between an expert and a specialist a specialist knows everything there is to know about the item, but if you gave him a fake, he probably couldn't tell you yeah. what was done to it. Yeah. An expert may not know everything the specialist knows, but when he looks at it, he'll tell you what he can tell you it's real, why it's real, and maybe he can't exactly tell you the exact rate it's playing or why it went this way or that way, but he has. A pretty good knowledge of how it should have gone and that's why specialists should never expertise because if they look at something oh this is the genuine thing but the stamps been added and the cancel you know may be wrong or from a different cover I mean there, there were so many things that go into it that the specialist doesn't pick up. He can explain to you why it's the rate, what it should have been, how long it, that rate existed, blah, blah, blah. Everything there is about the item, except the one thing. Does the stamp really belong, or is the stamp repaired, or not, or has the stamp been added? Yep. Understandable. And I've seen it happen so many times. That's the way it is. When I first started expertizing, there were some specialists that were expertizing. And it always amazed me 
how they would get things wrong with regards to the quality or the genuineness of the item because they just don't understand that maybe a stamp was added or a stamp was repaired. Yep. But that's the difference between experts and specialists. Experts may not know everything about it, all issues, but they certainly can tell you if a stamp has been repaired, regardless of whether they know anything about the item. Well, you want to give yourself a plug, tell people how to buy your stamps, where they can get a hold of you? Yeah, they can get a hold of me uh, uh, at most of the major shows that I do across the country. If they want to email me, they can email me at stmpdlr. That's the word stamp dealer without the valves, seven letters at AOL.com. And yes, I still use AOL. <laughs> the prestigious AOL. <laughs> you want to know something? It's three letters and it's very easy to put down. Yeah, and the it. only reason it's seven letters that I use is because when I first got my email address, that Okay, so who are you and why are you important? <laughs> well, my name is Justin Beard. I'm the COO of Hip E-Commerce. Um, we run three different online marketplaces for collectibles. Um, so the reason I'm here today is uh, for HipStamp. Uh, HipStamp is an online marketplace. We have over a thousand different sellers that list their material uh, on our website. Then we have about 130,000 stamp and cover collectors that come to our site and uh, try to purchase stamps and covers. I, I met with you yes, the day before yesterday at breakfast. Yes. And I always had issues with how to sell on HipStamp and you address those for me. So I personally am going to switch over now because I, I have always liked HipStamp. Why don't you give everybody a little history of what HipStamp is? Because you have a very... Very it's interesting. A stamp attached to his hip. By the way, we edit after this. <laughs> <laughs> I know they will. That's why I edit out everything. Yes. Um, yeah. So happy to kind of give a brief history of, of hip stamp and, and where we came from. Uh, my partner Mark Rosenberg had started BidStart uh, a long time ago, probably 2005, when um, he grew that up to a, a you know. Quite a nice marketplace. It was for all collectibles, so stamps, covers, postcards, comics. Um, you got it. Uh, to the point where it really grew enough that Stanley Gibbons purchased the company from them. Um, and he worked for Stanley Gibbons for a few years and then had the unique opportunity to purchase the company back. Um, and at that point, uh, you know, we were looking at sales, and sales weren't that great for all the sellers that had been on BidStart for years and years and years. Uh, and we were able to purchase the company back. Uh, when we did that, we were, obviously we didn't have the numbers that we have right now, um, but we were doing about 60,000 in sales a month. And then fast forward two and a half years, we've done over a million dollars in sales a month uh, for the past four months. So we're on track to kind of turn things around and, and keep growing. And we see a unique opportunity to help uh, sellers get in front of a new audience and, and drive some additional sales that way through it.
Absolutely. I I have bought stuff off hip stamps, but like I said, I've never sold things off hip stamps. Uh, for the people who are selling on eBay, and we do have a lot of people who sell on eBay, how would they sell on hip stamps? How, how would you make it easy for them? And I, I know the answer, I just want you to say it. Right. Well, there's obviously um, several ways. If there's a seller that um, doesn't sell on eBay, they can come to Hipstamp, and for $5 a month, they can have an online store uh, and list all of their Buy It Now listings for free and no, no cost. Um, if you do have a site on eBay or any other uh, website, your own website, things of that nature, we have syncs, tools, and services. Uh, so, for example, if you do have an eBay store, you can create a store with us, uh, and then you can uh, click a, a sync tool, which within a few minutes, all of your listings would also, they were on eBay, would also show up on Hipstamp. Uh, if an item sells on Hipstamp, it'll close on eBay. Uh, if it sells on eBay, it'll close on Hipstamp. And that's the big thing. People really don't want to have to manage inventory across multiple sites. And so that's what the sync tool does. It makes your life easy and helps you get in front uh, of a new audience if you're currently selling on eBay. I like it. Well, yeah, you're thinking about selling on Hipstamp. I started selling on Hipstamp last year, last January, because um, I was sold on the sync tool. And um, it actually works really well. And I've, uh, I've made a lot of good sales on Hipstamp. Um, so I've definitely sold on it because uh, I've been selling on eBay since 1996. So um, so the, the, the process was really seamless once, you know, once I got uh, uh, comfortable with it. And now, uh, it's, it, it, you know, I just I just list stuff on eBay and it goes right over to Hipstamp. Yeah, my my whole thing, the reason, and I I told you this already is, I use uh, Six Bit, which is an automatic uploader, and it has a shipping tool in it, so it makes shipping very easy. I sell relatively inexpensive stamps. I sell a lot of them, but they're you know maybe. Five, ten, fifteen dollars. Whereas you know somebody else like Bill, he'll sell you know hundred, two hundred, three hundred. So he has the ability to you know dedicate some time to it. Me, I gotta bang them out really quick. And so he advised me on how to do it, and it's like, oh yeah, that is really easy. So uh, that was my major concern, and actually our next podcast we may as well give a plug for it we were going to go into very detailed the titles how to title your items mm -hmm. so what would you uh let's give a preview what, what do you say about titling your items um well that's a great question titling is really important on hip stamp uh so we essentially wanted to create a unique website for each different vertical because stamp collectors collect in different ways and have different search features uh, than you know other collectibles so we build our search engine to uh, really deliver exactly what you're looking for so if you put in us number one never hinged that's exactly what's going to pop up you're not going to wade through all that um, additional information that you would get from other sites um, the reason that's important is the title so when you're titling, uh, it's important to really include the country, uh, the catalog number, and the condition. Those are really the three key factors that have to be in the title if you want um, items to, to display properly on Hipstamp. And I, I think, honestly, that's what people are looking for as well. Uh, when they are searching, they're just searching for the country catalog and, uh, and condition. 
don't put all caps. Wow, this is amazing. Oh, the I clutter. Hate like that's that. that's <laughs> that's not really helping you out at all. Yeah. Um, it can be helpful to put a, a catalog number, um, kind of a value in there. Um, but yeah, those, the the country catalog and conditioner. Super well, one of the things that eBay has an advantage mm -hmm. is because they sell everything in the world. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I was doing a search for Jenny Lind, who was a big singer in the 1950s. And I collect Industrial Revolution 1950 to 1959. So I could type in Jenny Lind, and stuff would pop up in the stamp category. Um, hip stamps, your market, what do you see your market as? Are they people who are looking for stuff topical, or are they looking for specific stamps like to fill a Kansas, Nebraska set, things like that. What right. what do you think your typical customer? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. We've been obviously growing quickly over the last two and a half years and, and building up our, our community. Now we have literally people that are into absolutely everything. So we sell on average around 60,000 stamps a month. Um, and so you're going to get a lot of people that are buying the, you know, just things to add to their topical collections or space fillers. Um, but then, you know, we're really kind of getting into the higher end market too, where we're getting people that are buying $30,000 stamps. Um, and so it's a really interesting spot to be right now where we can kind of service all the different uh, collectors and their needs. Excellent. Excellent. I have a question about uh, limitations on hip stamp. Like, for example, on eBay, uh, you, if you sell uh, U.S. possession Cuba from 1899, yeah, yeah. you can't you can't list <laughs> an, an, the name Cuba in the in, in the title. Mm -hmm. And they even have in their in their item specifics category. If you say, yeah, I'm selling possessions, you can say, yeah, I'm going to click on Cuba because that's what I'm selling. And if you do that, it won't let you list the item. Mm -hmm. um, are there limits on hip stamps as, as far as selling Cuba as a possession? Or Sudan, or I, I think North Korea was there, but I think they removed it. But I know Sudan and Cuba, for absolutely stupid reasons, are being blocked on eBay. Yeah, I won't get into the specifics of this, but I would say that you can come over and sell your stamps on our site. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, the value of being with a smaller company, and I'm not insulting you and saying that you're smaller. Oh, no, we, I know. But, but it, you don't have to put up with all the PC garbage. I mean, you know, in uh, eBay, you can't, you get in trouble if you list a Hitler stamp. You can't put Hitler in the title. And it's because France has a law against selling Hitler stuff. And it's like, well, I'm not in France. And eBay goes, well, we are. So you have to abide by French law. And I'm going, this is BS. <laughs> so I have always liked this. I have just been unable to resolve how to do the shipping from my standpoint, from my personal standpoint. Right. So uh, I'm going to be shipping all my stuff over. Excellent. And uh, give it a shot because Bill, and I wish Bill was here, I'll grab him later, but he said he was selling half his stuff on hip stamp. And that's uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know, we've, uh, we have some, you know, we are a smaller company, so we can, 
uh, kind of jump in and try different things. One of the things we did realize is a lot of sellers are just absolutely experts in what they do, buying and selling stamps. Um, but a lot of times it's a one-person show or maybe two-person show. Um, they just don't have the bandwidth to do the things that they need to do to continue to keep their current customers and past customers engaged. Um, so we take an active role in helping them actually set up all of their promotions and their newsletters and things of that nature, which is definitely a service you're not going to get uh, anywhere else. Speaking about that, um, you had advertised that you were doing some penny auctions that you were starting. Yes, Why yes. Those are neat, because if you're not a seller, fine, you can ignore everything we're talking about. Right. But tell them about why did you come here as a buyer. Uh, well, so uh, the, the penny auctions are something that uh, Mark and I were talking about several years ago. We're like, listen, we've got to do something that kind of trademarks hip stamp and we can uh, you know, build a name around. And one of those is um, our Thursday night uh, no reserve penny auction. So uh, typically we take anywhere from 500 to 1,000 stamps that um, our, our sellers will send to us. They should all retail for at least $15, $15 or more. Um, and so we start all those items at one penny. We, they all start at 12 o'clock on Thursday. And then the following Thursday at 7 p.m., that auction will end. So now we're in our 109th consecutive week of the penny auction. Um, now it's really grown. We're actually having to limit the number of items that are coming in for each each weekly event um, because we do have up to you know a thousand. Wow, that's cool. Every, you have to limit week. it. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's good because it um, it helps people that are trying to move inventory. It gets you know they can put it in. They're going to get paid within seven days. And because we've really trained our entire audience every single week for 109 consecutive weeks to come to that event, we get enough action, enough bids that um, will provide you know, better results than if they did it by themselves. Is that something where the seller sends hip stamp the stamps to sell? Uh, well, uh, two things. One is uh, they'll list it online on hip stamp and then we'll, um, we'll review the items and then we'll include the ones that match our criteria for the event. Uh, but then we are looking to open a, a consignment opportunity where people could could send in uh, pre-described material and we would do it for them. So presently the seller would do the, all the scanning and, and, just, um, and, and just list them. them. Yes. And then, uh, and then uh, Hipstamp does the promotion. Yes. And then, yeah, they would list them. Um, we would help them sell it and they would ship it. And I, like I said, I'm a big promoter. I've been in favor of Hipstamp forever. I just couldn't figure out how to do my shipping. Uh, now I know how to do it. Yeah, well, I tell you what, um, this has been an awesome show here with PSC support. Uh, everything was run super, yeah, super smooth. And uh, yeah, it was, we fed everybody. It was great. This is one that we'll be coming to next year for sure. Good, good. Yeah. Any, well, I was going to ask you any last things to say, but yeah, you, you should like give people the website or how to log into it or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the website is www.hipstamp.com. That's H-I-P-S-T-A-M-P.com. Um, a lot of times people type in hip stamps. They'll still go to hip stamp, but it's hip stamp. If you need to contact me with any questions, uh, Justin at hipstamp.com. Be more than happy to help you buy, sell, uh, or either or. And just out of curiosity, what are the other e-commerce uh, hip? Oh, so we have um, Hipstamp, uh, where we've got um, over six million unique listings and well over more than ten million stamps on the site for sale. 
Um, and then we have hit postcard, which is for vintage postcards. So we oh, have, really? yeah, we've got over um, three million postcards on the site. Uh, and then we also run hip comic. Uh, where we've got a, oh. an awesome comic. We do a weekly comic auction, penny auction as well. We have a person who comes on the uh, podcast named Greg Ross, if you know who he is. Um, he, he's a mover and shaker in the computer side okay. of the comic industry. And if he was here, he'd be grilling you about that one. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. This, this, this is great. I appreciate this the opportunity to talk to you guys on the show and um, you know, get, get as much awareness out there as possible. Got it. Thank you very much for sharing your time. All right. Thanks. You've heard the, you've heard the podcast yes. before, right? I have. You've never heard our podcast. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, why don't you tell everybody who y'all are? I'm Michael Jaffe with Michael Jaffe Stamps, and I also own the Brooklyn Stamp Company. I'm Sheldon Ruckins, stamp dealer for over 45 years and president of the National Stamp Dealers Association. Yeah. So, two big, big guys here. Well, what do you, what do you think of the show so far? Well, I've been um, moderately successful finding some of the things for my customers. I bring a want list, and I also look for things that future customers may be interested in. Oh, that's interesting. Tell people about that. What exactly are you doing? I have customers who send me an order. Of course, I can't have everything in stock, so I make a list of the things I don't have in stock and try to find them for their collection. So you just have like a like a normal person has a want list. Exactly. Except you, my list is probably a lot longer than most people. Yeah, because you have more people on it. And they could have some very expensive items that are difficult to find. But when I find them, it makes several people happy. It makes the dealer I buy it from happy, and it makes my customer happy, and of course it makes me happy. Do you have fun doing it? Of course. I wouldn't be doing it if I wasn't that's, having fun. That's the biggie. That's why I'm doing it. How about you, Sheldon? You have, fun, you have fun with this, don't you? I have fun with it. This is Orco number 44, and I've never missed one. <laughs> I've been to every Orco Expo. I think I, I... I haven't been to 44 of them, but I'll bet you I've been to 30 of them. <laughs> well, you're catching up to me. <laughs> so, if you find anything, did anybody put anything on a cool... Uh, Want list it's just like, ah, you're never going to find this, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, holy crap, there was one right there. Not this time, but I've had that. I've had uh, expensive special issues on my want list that, you know, it's 134 known, and I've been able to find one. Wow. Which is really fun when that happens. Oh, because, yeah. like I said, it makes everybody happy. Yeah, cool. In, that, in cases like that, I'm like a broker. I'll just work on a cost plus basis. Yeah, because that's probably an expensive item. Right. Well, I understand. You get items that are over $10,000, and I'm happy with my 10% because I'm not having to put out the money until I actually find the item. So you'll find stuff for people for 10%? On some good customers. Yeah. You know, if you're a one-off customer, I'm going to need more. Oh, okay. If you've been spending six figures with me and you need this one stamp, I'll, <laughs> I'll do that for you. So you're a searcher. Exactly. Good, good. What are you finding today? I'm a buyer of just certain types of things if the price is right. <laughs> nothing I look for necessarily, but happy to help dealers out who need money sometimes, just want to turn over material, and if the price is right, I'm the buyer. How long have you been dealing? 
44 years. And how long have you been dealing? I've been a dealer for 43 years, but prior to that, I did work part-time for another dealer for a couple of years, and I was a collector for many years before that. Sounds that like... makes him older than me, <laughs> not <by> much. <laughs> I was very young when I started. Uh, I started working for a dealer out of Montana named Charles Johnson. Oh. And Charlie was a really nice guy. He recognized me as a high school kid who was an interested collector, and since I didn't have as much funds as I needed to buy the stuff, he said, well, why don't you come work for me? And I was happy to take the payout and trade. That sounds good. Yeah. I did the same thing. I did it with, uh, um, oh, crap. So long ago, I, I forgot the guy. Where was <laughs> oh, he? that's where? so embarrassing. Located where? He was in uh, New, uh, Newport Beach, Costa Mesa. No, no, no. Oh, Bob Chisholm. I've known Bob. He's been on the podcast. I've known him yeah. since No, I've known Bob decades. before he was Coast Philatelics. But yeah. Who else was in Newport Coast Mesa? Oh. Chuck. Chuck Wyndham. Oh, Chuck Wyndham. Chuck Wyndham. Oh. That's it. Yeah, I used to work in his shop, and he'd let me uh, go through things. But that, it, that was it was it was fun because <laughs> you know you don't know anything about business then but you learn quickly yeah. at 13 years old i used to take the bus down harbor boulevard by disneyland and get off and walk two blocks and go to work in a stamp store oh early stuff well early stuff sean's here too he's there. Sit, sitting here hmm? what store was down there? nelson brewer okay i remember nelson. That oh yeah nelson yep is he still I mean, around? Be, sure, he's still around. He's, he's well, I mean, still, is he still... He, he, yeah, he has a store in Orange still. He's only open like one day a week, and it's by choice. I mean, as it, you know, it's, it's not... Uh, oh, okay. He's, he's done well in other things. Yeah. So, uh, you have your NSDA stuff out. You're, you're president of the NSDA. I'm, I'm co-founder of NSDA yeah, and current president. And I'm, I... I obviously dragged you over here because I'm the secretary of the NSDA, so... Amongst other things. <laughs> Amongst other things. Why don't you go ahead and give a sales pitch, because that's a big... Are you an NSDA member? Yes. I'm a life is. member. You're a life member. Good deal. See, Michael Jaffe's one of our great supporters. Good. The owner of Brooklyn Stamp Company in Vancouver, Washington. That's Did you right. also know that Mr. Jaffe is a professional magician? Uh, there's two people here who are professional magicians. <laughs> Why do you think I'm wearing this? <laughs> I have no idea. I wasn't going to ask. Press the dedication. Yes. I didn't realize that. No, the National Stamp Dealer Association was just founded in around 1995 as an alternative organization at, uh, with very reasonable dues. And our dues started out at $75, and almost 25 years later, we're still at $75 a year, while other organizations have continued to increase their dues and offered less and less to members. So we felt there was a need for an alternative organization. And we are also the exclusive North American representative affiliate for the International Federation of Stamp Dealer Associations, also known as IFSDA, IFSDA. And we continue our affiliation with them. And your $75 a year dues includes membership in both organizations. Well, hold on. You tell people what IFSTA is. Because <laughs> it, it's, IFSTA is the International Federation of Stamp Dealer Organizations, which is based in Europe. Based in Belgium. It's the biggie. And just it's a 
most major dealer associations in the stamp world belong to IFSTA. There are several countries that do not for various political reasons or personality disagreements. Damn but Belgians. That, uh, <laughs> but they just exist to be... To, they work with the UPU and they work with dealer organizations and if there's problems amongst dealers, they don't put on stamp shows, but they do have an annual meeting, usually at an international location. It's a regulatory, it's a worldwide regulatory body to make sure that stamp collecting and stamp dealers operate on a professional level. That's their one of their precepts, yeah. yes. Yeah, they also go into exhibiting and stuff like that. They make exhibiting rules and stuff. So, so how do you join the NSDA? What, what are the benefits? How about that? The benefits, the first, to me, one of the biggest benefits is just being recognized as a professional that a lot of dealers will say, oh, I only do shows or I don't do shows or I don't do mail order or I don't do internet. But a lot of dealers just don't understand the credibility they get when they belong to a professional organization that has a code of ethics and has camaraderie that goes along with it and realizing that just going to another dealer who is a member and saying that oh I'm an NSDA member gives you instant recognition instant credibility beyond that people can there's lots of other things that we do as benefits which I will be happy to go into but offering discounts and some dealers work with other dealers better than others. They offer discounts to dealers and they get more respect, I believe, in some cases for being part of an organization. Well, here's my opinion. And I've said this many, many times and people who are listening are going to hear it one more time, Tom. If you, everybody should join the APS. Absolutely no question about it. You should be an APS member. If you're going to be a dealer, then you need to join a dealer association in addition to that. Whatever one it is, have a ball in choosing it. I'm an NSDA member. I chose the NSDA mostly for cost and benefits, and but you know everybody is up to their own decision. You have to join something because eBay ratings don't mean that much anymore. Too many people have really high ratings and are still selling reperforated and regum stamps. And eBay, you know, they patrol stuff, and right now they're going through a big thing where uh, you get badges, you get to advertise that you are a member of a dealing association. And that's going to be really super important come just, I'm going to say, six months from now. If you don't have a dealer badge next to your name, you're going to be in trouble. So. I find one of the biggest benefits is when people call me out of the blue and they have their grandfather's collection and after talking to them it sounds like it probably has some value and I ask them to send it to me and they go well how do I know you're not going to rip me off and when I can say I've been in business 43 years, I'm a life member of the American Stamp Dealers Association, the National Stamp Dealers Association, American Philatelic Society and probably a dozen other organizations. I tell them they can call any of those organizations and they'll find there's never been a complaint against me. That puts them at ease. Oh yeah, oh and big time. a lot of times then they'll send me their collection. Whereas if you don't have that, then they are just on faith. Here at least they feel that 
I'm dealing with somebody who is ethical and I'm going to get a fair price whether it's higher or lower than I expect that's a different issue yeah but would you go to an attorney that's not a member of the American Bar Association of course not so why would you deal with a dealer that's not a member of a professional organization yeah well you guys want to give a plug to yourself so people can reach you or National Stamp Dealers Association website is nsdainc.org for a website. We also have... Why do you have the INC at the end? That's just how it was registered. I don't know. That was, I didn't choose <laughs> the NSDA was probably taken by the no, National... Something. Soft Drink Association, yeah. I believe. <laughs> I, I think it is. I oh, think yeah. it is. I believe it's National Soft Drink Association. Okay. But we also have a toll-free number. It's 800 <laughs> 875-6633. That's 800-875-6633, which goes to our executive director, Amanda Morgenstern, and she returns phone calls for any questions or inquiries. Yeah, or if you sell on eBay, and a lot, I know a lot of our listeners do, and whenever we talk about, I know this because whenever we talk about eBay, our listenership like doubles. But if you're going to be selling on eBay, you're going to be noticing over the next year or two that the National Dealers Associations are going to be advertised, whether you're there or not. And if you're not a national dealer and you're not holding up to the standards, uh, you're probably going to be suffering in your sales. Yeah, our dues are approximately 20 cents a day, and I think it gives credibility and to people who believe they already have credibility. As Cash said, they're sadly mistaken, but it does give an extra benefit if promoted correctly to collectors, that why deal with somebody who doesn't belong to an association and you may have no recourse with, as opposed to dealing with somebody who does have the membership and appeal to the organization. If there's an arbitration committee, complaints can oh, be. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff that eBay, you know, eBay protects as best as they can. But dealing with people who you can trust, it really removes the problems of having to file the complaints and stuff like that. We have an arbitration committee also that'll step in, and it's not biased towards the member. But yeah. a list of dealers are available on the website. People have collections to sell. There's sort by country, sort by state, sort by area to find buyers for collections. So you, you Brookman has been around forever. Brookman has been around since 1934 and has changed ownerships a few times. I purchased the Brookman Stamp Company about 23 years ago, and our website is www.brookmanstamps.com. B as in boy, R O O K M A N S T A M P S. I spell it every day for people because they seem to think I live somewhere in a town in New York. but. I also have Michael Jaffe Stamps, which is DuckStamps.com, which is specialized in duck stamps. Uh, Brookman's phone number is 888-Brookman for toll-free. Well, that's good. And Michael Jaffe Stamps is 1-800-STAMPS-0. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, people can call if they have any questions. Magic or... tricks? Any new magic tricks for you? Uh, some that I'm working on. <laughs> well, here's my favorite magic trick that I like. Everybody who's listening, think of a card. Everybody got one? 
the Jack of Spades. Now, 51 people are going to say, no, that's wrong. But that 52nd person is going to say, wow, that's amazing. He picked my card. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Have a good day, everybody. And I hope you find a lot of stuff on your stamp lists. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Never before have so few done so little for no one in particular. Stamp show here today. Stamp show here today. <laughs>